Hey, thank you to Helix for sponsoring this podcast. Adam has had his Helix mattress for almost a year now, and he's loving it. It's it's actually hard to get him up. In fact, he won't stop talking about it. You'll understand what we mean when he goes into detail. Thank you for the detail, Adam, later on the episode. But for now, we want to tell our listeners about a special deal going on. Our Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and... As if that's not enough, two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet, and I'll bet it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. to you live from the Ray Horseman studio in North Hollywood, California, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. Tonight, Ed Begley Jr. coaches Paula on her audition skills in another episode of Outside the Actor's Studio. You've seen Ed on all those great Christopher Guest movies. You loved him in Pineapple Express, and this past year he was Rudy on Bless This Mess. With the help of this brilliant actor, can Paula finally nail her audition? No. Plus, how did Paula's ping pong party go? Was table tennis etiquette honored? We'll hear how the ball bounced for her guests. Tips on acting, etiquette, and how to avoid death by cheese poisoning. You can only find it here. I'm Adam Felber, the man who tries to keep this show's cheese consumption limited to what's on the conversational platter. And now, please welcome the woman you can always find raiding the topical refrigerator in the back kitchen of her mind, Paula Poundstone! <laughs> welcome, Paula. So nice to be here. It's good to have you, and it's also you good know to what? have... I have to tell you one thing before uh, Before even I even begin. introduce the house band. Oh, no, no. Introduce the house Because I was about to say mistake. thank you to our house band, singer, songwriter, and violinist, Ada Pasternak. So nice. So thank nice. you so much. Just a lovely start, Ada. And that, and that was just the beginning. Yeah. We don't even know what's going to happen so, from here So on now, this. interrupt me again. Okay, so let me interrupt you again. I, there's something... Uh, okay, so you know about my left nipple... Yes, yes. Uh, for for our listeners, um, your cat accidentally, we think, pierced yeah. your left nipple yeah. about a month and a half ago. My cat clue, right? But yeah, yeah I, I picked her up, uh, and uh, she, uh, her, you know, I clip my cat's front claws, but I can't right. do the hind claws. Right. And so one of her hind claws went through my left nipple. It's very said your it, nipple is. It was the very painful. Right. Took took quite a while to heal. A kind of an unusual amount of time. Is it healed yet? I, I think so. Just in time for my cat Brittle to jump up into my uh, lap last night and, and then dig her hind claw into my right nipple. You're kidding me. And you know what I can't figure out? That's and, and, and like you've owned cats for like 40 years. Exactly. Never has that happened. Bo- and I've had nipples... Yes. Uh, for even longer than that. Have they been that. unusually prominent? No. There's a, no? It, you, you know it's been very hot, and, right, so and nipples don't protrude in the heat the way they do. My in the, understanding of them is exactly that, yeah. So, I, no, I can't figure out if they've been watching, like, YouTube videos, or oh, why would yeah. this all of a sudden be happening? But I can tell you right now, got a Band-Aid over my right nipple. Do you really? Yeah. Was yeah. it as bad or worse than left nipple? It was nipple? very painful. Was it similar? And then, of course, and then of course, it's abrasive when anything rubs on it. And and although I do have available uh, a remarkably soft tri-polyblend T-shirt, which doesn't exist, uh, which does, it's the, remarkably the, 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 soft. The T-shirt does, and the that would not 
upset my nipple. It, it, the particular T-shirt that I referred to is a Paula Poundstone T-shirt with yes. a self-portrait and on the, the left, left breast and, and a, a memorable, memorable quote on, on the, the back. back. But, but um, really, I hadn't yeah, heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That wouldn't create an abrasive problem. But oh boy, wow. So I, I'm going to return to my question. Go was ahead. it worse than the left nipple injury? Comparable or I think not it was comparable. comparable? I think they were using. I think they watched a similar video. <laughs> wow. Anyways, I just thought it was important to get that. Okay. Out in the open, in case you saw me gently cupping my right nipple tonight, you would know why. I'd still prefer that you don't. (laughs) (laughs) Just just straight out. Well, um, uh, speaking of hotel soap, though, you had a ping pong party this weekend. I hope that your injury didn't interfere with your performance. No, that was the ping pong party was prior. (laughs) The Paul ping pong party was prior to the piercing. (laughs) Piercing, right? To my painful piercing. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah. And it went great. It was so much fun. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Alfaro came. Anthony Alfaro, uh, sure. He brought an emu. An emu. Yeah, which was... That's sort of the hairy bird from Africa, right? Yeah. Or Yeah. 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 And it's not good at a ping pong party. It kept pecking at the balls yeah. and kind of... Yeah, well, Scaring you didn't ask him to bring an animal with no, him. No, it's okay. weird that he does that. But you also had some other luminaries from our podcast there. You had uh, Jay Deal was there, right? Jay Deal was there, who right. helped me with my rap who song. Who produced your rap song that we premiered just last week. Now, last week we had on uh, Elaine... Swan. To uh, help... The etiquette expert. Exactly. And to help me... Uh, uh, you know, with manners that would be required. Uh, yes, and I for made a, a quick list of party. those because she gave you some good advice. I want to see how much of this you followed. Yeah. Did you get the party set up in time, or did you, as per usual, not get it set up in time and draft your first arriving guest into helping you set up? No, we were we were ahead of the game this time. Really? Yeah, we were all set up when people came. Wow. There was a fabulous bill of fare of uh, candy and chips, as you can imagine. I can imagine. Uh, very I much have, like is like in the center here, of the, our table the here. The cornucopia of, of crap that we have here yeah. at the, the podcast. Yeah, well, yeah, that sounds and I had great. a fruit plate that I had, I I'd cut. It was everything was so lovely. Ready. Everything so, was so, ready so to go. Elaine yeah. had some uh, influence on you. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you remember people's names? I, you know, the irony is that when Elaine was both times Elaine was here, our manners expert, she yeah. brought with her a guy named uh, uh, D Ran, wasn't D-Ran, it? D Ran, yeah, yeah, and uh, he came. And damn, oh, he came to the party. Yeah, I could not remember his name for the life of me. Well, until a, a second ago, you couldn't remember Elaine's name either. Yeah. I reminded you of that. Yeah, yeah. Good it's, thing she didn't show up at the well, party. Well, what Elaine told me last week was, you know, just be upfront about the fact that I can't r- remember. Just yeah. say, oh, you know, I get a little overwhelmed with a, a party. Now, I want to say, I know he's not formally here until the next segment, but Ed Begley Jr. has just walked into the studio. He did. Hey, yeah. Ed. Now, we're recording, Ed. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Welcome, Ed. Um, yeah, have a seat. Um, uh, but don't talk, Ed, because the illusion that we're having here is that um. you're not here yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't, you're, you're not introduced for a little bit. So yeah, you but just we will wait. get to you. Okay, so, Paula, you had this ping pong party. I yeah, want to ask it was you, great. there were a lot of famous and great people there. We had D-Ran, obviously. We had... Um, we had Jay Deal. Did Ed Begley Jr. show up? Ed Begley Jr. did show he up was at the, the ping pong I would party. love to ask him about that when he shows up later. Yeah, yeah. He, I think he had a, <laughs> a fabulous time. He played ping pong all night long. I'm so good at ping pong. There was no stopping him. <laughs> my hand-eye coordination is not to be believed. We're, you know, now we're just going to have to reveal to the crowd that Ed Begley's Ed here. Ed Begley is here. This doesn't to happen. The cr- I I'm say sorry crowd. I came early. It's I my say, fault for coming you, early. It was, uh, no, no, there no, wasn't enough he, traffic on Miranda Street. Now, um, did your guests go home on time? 
And did you have to employ techniques to get them to leave? I know that no, you know Elaine had all I this did. advice, but you you said that you prefer that the guests stay forever. I love uh, I love the party. I I like people staying late. I like late late night ping pong. Well, uh, I, I did have one friend who kept saying, uh, you know, because I set up this. Uh, ping pong tournament it's yeah. very hard to do it's very stressful yeah and i did have one friend who kept saying like did you put me in yet did you put me in yet am i playing yet and i finally turned and said you know i had a manners expert on my podcast and she said you're rude <laughs> that's how i handled that wow yeah. because elaine swan did not say that about this guest this guest doesn't know that Okay, as long uh, as she doesn't yeah. listen to your podcast. No, she won't. All right, well, Trust speaking, me, she won't. Well, I'm glad it went well. I'm sorry if I couldn't If she does be there. listen, I just want her to know that wasn't about you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I couldn't uh, be there at your, at your party, Paula. I had a previous engagement then that ran long. Yeah. You yeah. didn't call and say that. You didn't call and say we're not coming. Uh, my wife did. She called and said we might not come. No. And you she... talked to her. No. Yes. <laughs> In fact, you told me so. No. You know, Elaine said yes. for me to tell you and your wife. You're making this shit up, Paul. <laughs> Elaine said, it's too bad, Adam, because this was the time you were going to win. Oh, well. Um, yeah, I won once. I was you? teamed oh, up I with Wendell, it. your assistant, and, uh, oh, he, and you guys he, won? he can play, and we won yeah, one time. Yeah, yeah. yeah we won when, the doubles yeah. tournament. Now, speaking of etiquette, you had an encounter with Avis Car Rental. I did. And you know what? In order to explain to you the encounter I had with Avis Car Rental, I will simply read you the letter of complaint that I sent to Avis Car Rental, and that should explain everything. Oh, you sent a letter? I did. So we're going to um, hear one of now, your- Now, this letter that you see before me that I'm about to read from is typed. It's long. But I- copied it in handwriting to send to Avis because they thought it was important that they receive a handwritten letter. Uh, Dear Avis, I am an Avis preferred member. Several weeks ago, my travel agent reserved a vehicle for me at the Avis at Logan Airport in Boston. When I arrived at the rental office, I was given a Toyota Tacoma. The Avis clerk didn't talk to me about the gas, but I've never understood the explanation they give about buying the tank ahead of time or bringing it back full anyway. I did not make note of how much gas was in the tank when I got in the truck. I drove from the Avis rental to two different locations in Eastham, Massachusetts, and back to the Avis rental place. This is a high level of detail. I'm surprised you haven't mentioned the banana in your bag yet. As... Unfortunately, as I drove back to Boston, I had to swerve for a banana. As I drove back to Boston very late at night, I accidentally looked at the temperature gauge instead of the fuel gauge. I only realized I was looking at the wrong gauge when a light went on that said refuel now. I was panicked because I was past the stations just off the highway. There were detours near the airport and I'd get lost really easily. I feel like this is a higher level of gripping narrative than Avis employees generally get in a letter sent to them. Uh, I'm sure this is up on the wall there. I didn't even see the Shell station, and I was really just relieved to make it to the Avis parking lot without running out of gas. When I got there, the attendant said that if Avis filled the tank, it would be expensive. He didn't say how expensive, and it was late, and I was flying out early. I opted to have Avis fill the tank. Oh, Uh -oh. Paula! According, according, (laughs) According to your paperwork, I drove 192 miles. I read online that that truck has a 21.5 gallon capacity gas tank and that the four-wheel drive versions get 19 to 22 miles per gallon. Even if it was all city driving, 19 miles per gallon, that would mean I would expect to use about 10 gallons about 10 of gallons fuel. 10 gallons of gas, yes. So 
if I only used 10 gallons, Why'd you need a how was the tank empty when I returned it? And even if the tank was empty, you charged $10 per gallon to refill it. If I Whoa. truly only used 10 gallons, you charged me $20 per gallon. I would like my gas money back. If not, I can no longer afford Avis to be my rental company of choice. That is an unacceptable charge. Remember when your advertising slogan was, we try harder? I guess you've given that up. Oh, you threw their own words at them. I'm happy to come up with some new slogans for you if you want. Did you suggest a few? I didn't. I just left a little dot, dot, dot. Wow. Uh, and they never called me back. They never wrote me back. But wow, this I, sounds familiar. But when I got my ex- American Express bill, the charge was taken off. The whole charge? I can't remember if it was a whole charge or just part. They might have given you that tank of gas. I think they, I think they did give me the tank of gas. I think they owed me well, the tank Well, I think they, of to gas. an extent, I think they did. I mean, I, I don't question your math. I clearly but, didn't spend the, I didn't use that whole tank of gas by myself. Then why was the refuel now light coming on? It wasn't full when I got in. You didn't check? No. I said that. If you'll see, oh, yeah, paragraph yeah. two, section three. In the narrative. That's a common in, practice, though, but, just for FYI. They regularly send it out, and they make note of what it is normally. And they oh, say, it's only half full. It's only three quarters. They're supposed to make note to you when you take it, yeah. the state that it's in. Yeah, Thank they you, didn't. kind stranger. <laughs> We're going to introduce you soon. Um, Who uh, is no. that man at that microphone? <laughs> Now, who now, is that meddling kid? Just so we can finally get to these meddling kids. It's um, Fred from from Scooby Doo. That's who it is. Give me the surprise ending to the story. Uh, oh, oh, no, the surprise ending was that they returned my money. Oh, that's right, they returned your money. Is that not a surprise? No, it was a surprise. You, don't you feel in a in a, not only is it a in surprise. an altercation like this? That's a surprise? Not only is it a surprise, but like... Couldn't they have just sent me, fuck you, go to National? Well, Couldn't they have why, done that? that's why I bring this up, because yeah. like you wrote a similarly brilliant letter to Frontier Communications. Let's contrast Which Avis's response. Which was an essay contest right. for a- Frontier Communications. And uh, uh, they... they um, Stranger Ed, I'm sure you participated in this as well. Uh, the Frontier Fr- Communications put down your smartphone contest. No, I don't know it what, was you, an what you said. What you contest. speak? What you could win is the right to not use your smartphone for a week. You get it a '90s survival bag as well as a thousand dollars and a flip phone. So you're using a flip phone. You're listening to '90s CDs, and uh, you're not looking at your smartphone all week. Right. Paula entered this contest with a brilliant. Brilliant essay. A winning essay. Right, a winning essay. Let's as far just as say I'm an essay that won. There, um, it's been said. And they have communicated to us repeatedly with repeatedly lower employees <laughs> down the chain. Yeah. <laughs> that um, you're not the winner. You're, in fact, an honorary winner to which we have to say, yeah. where's the fucking money, uh, yeah. Frontier an, Communications? Uh, yeah, an honorary winner. Imagine the last uh, email we received from them came from just a guy named Bub who sweeps up at night. Right. Uh, and, and Bub said he was transcribing for his canary. Yeah. Bub uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, said, soon I should get a bag with a T-shirt in it. I think that's what he said. Yeah. And I wrote back to Bub and I said, well, I hope my $1,000 is wrapped in the shirt, Bub. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We've been hammering Frontier Communications relentlessly and they have not been, uh, they have not been responding. No. I'm guessing because they don't have internet? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's very possible that they're not nobody listens to Paula Poundstone listeners. And stranger in the chair, the most frustrating thing about this is that 
Just, what was it, two weeks ago, we had Dame Maggie Smith. Oh, my Allegedly. God. Uh, uh, in this chair in which I said. No, she didn't. She was going to do the segment that you were about to do. She was going to do the segment. She was in her car. Um, she, you know, she wouldn't take pay for doing it the way we're paying you. But what she, <laughs> but what she asked for is that I donate a thousand dollars to her favorite charity. I said absolutely because I knew I was getting this thousand dollars from Frontier Communications. Sure. When the money didn't change hands, she just sat in her car. Wow. Uh, she may still be out there, for all I know. So if when you On guys this street, go- I wouldn't give her great odds of still being out there. <laughs> <laughs> she, she may be a drug addict by now. I gotta say though, um, just off Miranda Street, on the next street over, nowadays, um, over these summer months, there has been a fantastic taco truck setting up out there. There's one out there right now. It looks great, and, yeah. and uh, the Lezebniks have dined there repeatedly and really enjoy it. That's why only one Lezebnik made it here to the th- studio. That's tonight. why Ben Lezebnik is not here tonight <laughs> because right. uh, the tomain poisoning yeah. uh, is. Not an easy thing to recover from. It sure looks tasty, um, though. Yeah, you know, uh, what? Roger Federer has a uh, shop just up on the corner. Did you see? It's not Roger Federer. The it name is. isn't even Federer. Yes, it is. No, it's it, it, it's, it's Roger like, Federer. It's like Federer. Oh. <laughs> it's Roger Federer, Mister Federer. Oh, here's, 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 here's Roger Federer, here's a the, tennis player. Is that, yeah, that's, he's what a, she's, that's a correct stranger. It's a he's a tennis player, very, a very successful tennis player. This is who I was trying to bring up before. This is Mrs. Culpepper. Sock puppet. This is, uh, that, she didn't lose her sock puppet. Miss Culpepper is apparently the world's first sockless sock puppet. Uh, my name is Mrs. Culpepper, Mister Stranger. Uh, and now we had uh, Mrs. Culpepper introduced a couple of weeks ago when the word of the week was triotoxin, which you which sadly Captain Culpepper died of triotoxin. He passed on from triotoxin, uh, which is, is the poisoning. I will explain which is the Sorry, poisoning by cheese or other milk products. Uh, Bonnie Burns, would you <laughs> shut up? Sorry, Mrs. Culpepper. Uh, uh, the, my manners expert says you are rude. She's talking back there. She they was, were trying she to record was, a podcast, and she's talking she to Kendall Zebnick. Captain Crinkle, uh, who <laughs> served with Captain Culpepper. <laughs> Captain Crinkle is a is a favorite of mine, and I will not have her talk to in that manner, I, I Mr. Apo- Adam Felber. I do apologize. Do you enjoy Mrs. my Culpepper. dress tonight? I'm wearing a t- a dress of a honeysuckle hue. It looks like it's, it looks like the emperor's new dress. To be honest with you, it is not the emperor's new dress. Captain Culpepper bought it for me before, before tri- his tragic passing of triotoxism. What kind of cheese? Took it him was out? the gouda that got him. I'm glad we got to your catchphrase, Mrs. Culpepper. It was the gouda that got him. Now, Paula, I, I just or want Mrs. to say the Frontier Communications has behaved in a scurrilous manner. Scurrilous indeed, Mrs. Culpepper. A scurrilous manner towards Miss Poundstone. Yes, now, Paula, if you're in there, or Miss uh, Culpepper, if yeah. you'd rather do it, is there a word of the week this week? We have a word of the week. Oh. Thank you for asking. What is happening to uh, this show? I don't... No way, the word. My fault for coming in. No, it's not you, Ed. It's it's us. The it's... word is, uh, cousin. No, excuse me, cousin. 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 C o z e n. Uh, c o z e n. My mistake, Mrs. Culpepper. <laughs> <laughs> and and. Tell me what cousin means. It means to cheat, dupe, or deceive in a way that Frontier Communications has engaged in. 
It's a the, great crossword and Scrabble word. It by is the indeed. Way. Do you use that in? Do you get that you do triple that? letter with you, that Z? You yeah. do that to keep your brain sharp. Yes, stranger. I do. It's not working that well. <laughs> <laughs> He's quite sharp, I can tell. Yeah, it's quite sharp. Oh my God, what a menagerie we came up with tonight. All right. <laughs> Ms. Culpepper, thanks for dropping by. Uh, coming up. Thank you for having me. Are you going to introduce our guest? In just a moment, I'm going to segue into a little bit of music and then introduce our guest. Oh. <laughs> coming up, <laughs> Stellar Adler said about acting, quote, You have chosen a field where you're going to be hurt to the blood, but to retreat from the pain is death. Wow, that's cheery, Stella. <laughs> will Paula retreat from her audition, or will I be sitting here splattered in the blood of my friend? And an update on Paula's rap song. Is it a chart buster? Answers to all these pressing questions. When we wait. Answers to all these pressing questions. Are you all right? I'm fine. It's just, there are three W's in a row here. Answers to all these pressing questions. When we return on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Hey, Paula. You know, every once in a while, we get a new advertiser that I get super excited about. And I have to say, just because of the circumstances of my life right now, I'm really excited about our new advertiser, Quince of Quince.com, the clothing provider. Not to be mistaken for Quince from Midsummer Night's Dream. And let me just say this, and maybe it's not important to an advertisement, but when I was in the fourth grade, our class put on a production of a midsummer night's dream okay and i played i played peter quince there there's the connection one of the mechanicals that's a great connection also yes has nothing to do with this which is that um quince is an online clothing store and as you know paula i've uh, i've lost a little weight lately oh right 75 pounds yeah so i literally have no clothes that are in my size until i just ordered some stuff at quince and i figured like here's a chance for me to create a new look for myself a whole new image. And how's it going? Not bad. I mean, the clothes are fantastic. I know that you ordered some too. What I got is I got yes. the Comfort Stretch Traveler five pocket pants. And I got oh. the, um, oh, it's so, and I got the 100% European linen shirt and it looks breezy and it fits beautifully. And these are like premium pieces of clothing that are selling for like, you know, $30 a piece or starting at $30 at quince.com. It's awesome. I look good. I ordered the brushed lounge jogger Ooh. and you know i put them on when i came back from new york i pulled them on and i i swear to you okay this is not scientific because i was tired already right but they were so soft <laughs> and, and so comfortable that honestly like right as i got them up to my waist i i I think my eyes closed they're so it's a softness it's a kind of softness that I don't think I've ever experienced in a garment, honestly. You know, my uh, drawstring European linen trousers are a little bit like that, too. Like, so comfortable that I just want to hang out with myself. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And they're European. Keep that in mind. Uh, oh, European. they are so European. And you can get those kind of, you can get washable silk tops. You can get uh, 14 karat gold jewelry and like all these accessories. Quince sells a lineup of timeless pieces that keep their customers looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm not certain that I look chic, but certainly if I did, it's not going to take a lot of effort. I now look chic and I feel pretty great. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabric. It's all good as far as I can see. Is it my imagination or do they cut out the middleman? 
They cut out the middleman, Paula Poundstone. I love it when they cut out the middleman. That's the thing. They cut out the middleman. <laughs> That's fantastic. So be like me and Paula. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash nobody for free shipping on your order and a 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash nobody to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash nobody. And honestly, I look fantastic. Paula, you won't be able to keep your hands off me. Oh, I can't wait. And don't <laughs> think that if you had to return something, don't think you're sending it to a middleman because they cut out the middleman. They man. cut out the middleman. That's quince.com slash nobody. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. Hey, Paula, it's been almost a year now since I got my Helix mattress. And as you remember, there was some drama surrounding Helix mattresses. Because oh, when oh my Helix gosh. first sponsored us, Bonnie took the mattress and yeah. she's been loving it. But finally, I got my chance to get a Helix mattress and I sleep so well. I mean, the family bed is where we all gather. We watch movies in, in our room occasionally and everybody just piles on it and it it's comfy. And yet when one person hops on, the other half of the mattress doesn't fly up. I'm a fan. Well, you know, Adam, everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions plus enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect combination of comfort and support. I agree with that last bit. I don't get all the technical stuff about the mattress, but it is soft and supportive. Helix offers 20 unique mattresses, the award-winning Lux, which I got, and ultra-premium Elite Collections, the Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts, and my daughter now wants one. So, how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You go to their website, take the Helix Sleep Quiz, and you find your perfect mattress batch in under two minutes. You know, when you said you can't follow all the technical stuff, it's really not that technical. You know, uh, no matter what way you sleep, they have a mattress that will support and comfort you. How hard is that? Uh, you know, when you say it that way, it seems a lot simpler. I take it back. That's my boner. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. And Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Well, I like that there's a warranty, but they can pry that mattress from my cold, dead hands. I took the sleep quiz. I was matched with the Helix Midnight Lux. I got the Lux. And I love it. It is such an upgrade from my old mattress. You know, I think Bonnie got the Midnight Lux. She did. Too. Yeah. You're not here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to take Adam's word for it? Well, you got Bonnie's word. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Your Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. 
That's a lot, and it's already not that expensive a mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet. It's fantastic. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Well, not right now. And if you're going to get it anyway, use our code. Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is brought to you in part by Arm & Hammer Cloud Control Cat Litter. You know what I love? What do you love, Paula? My cats. I love your cats, too. I love Luigi's blue eyes. He's like a really fat Paul Newman that's a cat. Okay. (laughs) Let's see where you're going with this. It's harder to love cleaning up Luigi's litter box, which is why Arm & Hammer created new cloud control litter. Ah, here we are. No cloud of nasties here. It's 100% dust-free, free of heavy perfumes, and helps reduce airborne dander from scooping. So what happens in the litter box stays in the litter box. And I want to add for those of you out there who don't, like Paula, have 47 cats, but have like one or two, like I do, that... um. Those clouds can arise from just a single litter box. Oh, yeah. It's just disrupting the, the litter at all. Yeah. As you, you disturb as you, that stuff, and it's, yeah. it's like clapping an eraser. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just Back when they big, didn't use... Yeah. 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 It's, like, it's, it's like a building uh, being destroyed. The big... Vegas v- casino implosion kind of thing. Precisely. Yes. This is what just I'm saying. Like, that's what a litter box looks like. Yeah. Unless you're using new cloud control cat litter by Arm & Hammer. More power to you. The Cat of the Week is Sunny from Port Augusta, South Australia. Thank you. We're back. And Anna Pasternak, thank you so much. I uh, Singer, songwriter. She had a gig in Hollywood this week. I wish I could have gone. Um, and I am honored to be sitting across from a man, a mystery man, who is both a superb actor and a superb leader on environmental issues. I actually used his dish soap from his roles on St. Elsewhere and This is Spinal Tap to A Mighty Wind and from his own green reality show Living with Ed to creating a home with a minimal carbon footprint. He is the real deal as both an actor and an environmentalist. Please welcome Ed Begley Jr. Thank you so much. Oh, boy. Thank you. Thank you. What a treat. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for coming. Uh, I hope that you found your fair share of mattresses out on Miranda Street. There were a few mattresses now that yeah. you mentioned it. Did you reuse and recycle them on your way in? I did not, but okay. on my way out, I'm going to make good use of them. <laughs> it is hot in here. Um, I'll probably be late, so I'll need a nap. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got I got to warn you, if you kind of fall asleep on Miranda Street, you're likely to lose your hubcaps, even if you weren't driving. <laughs> it's, 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 is that a euphemism, hubcaps? It, it is in this case, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Ed, uh, we told you why you're here. It's no secret that Paula is a terrible auditioner. Terrible. I don't believe that for a minute. I no, bet she's a, a great... Uh, really? Yeah. Well, I love your positivity. <laughs> uh, she gets called in for roles, and then she... Well, you, how I do blow I put the it? audition. You blow That's the audition. You I blow the audition every I would give her nervous. any part that she came in red for. She's so good. Isn't she good? She's so well, good. She's so, so quick. We'll she's see. so funny. Well, I agree. I agree, I'll but she can't that. audition. So what we've been doing is inviting distinguished actors to come and help prepare uh, her to audition. Uh, I think the, the most recent one before you was uh, Lily Tomlin. Oh, boy. Yeah. yeah. Lily we, Tomlin we had Fred Willard on the actress. show to help out. And wow. Lily just, frankly, threw in the towel. Yeah. Uh, really? I think Lily, Lily hired me. Yeah. Lily, <laughs> Lily hired our bouncer. Uh, uh, yeah. She seems to feel there's no hope for me as but, an actress. Uh, but, Ed, you sound more positive, so maybe this will work tonight. We're hoping you can help out Paula on 
outside the actor's studio. I really need this job. Please, God, I need this job. I've got to have this job. Welcome to Outside the Actor's Studio. <laughs> Tonight, Ed Redley nice. Jr. will coach Paula Poundstone on an audition for a role. Ed, Paula has brought in sides for a role she is up for. <laughs> I have them. These, yeah, these. they're great. Um, we'd like you to read the scene with her and then offer your uh, coaching tips. I'd be happy to do it. I can't wait. Oh, uh, yeah. And she's, uh, I'll be honest with you, she's been writing these sides, and I've been really enjoying the little uh, developing story, but I'll read Paula's description. Paula is reading for the role of Marta. Marta is a strong woman. She suffers no fools. She doesn't feel she needs a man, but when love comes knocking, she can't help peeking through the blinds. She's smart, a little bit quirky, and really into pugs. She has worked on campaigns for 30 years and is beginning to suspect that sexism has played a role in not having climbed higher on the career ladder. She has hit a rough patch in her life and, deciding to be proactive, has sought help from her friend Ari's therapist. So that's Paula's role. Ed, your character is Bob, the therapist. Hmm. Boy, Paul, you have described these parts succinctly. Let's get going. Bob, the therapist, is seated in an ergonomic chair with a hassock that brings his knees up above his hips. He wears a tan tunic and brown business slacks. On one wall, there is a framed black and white photo of a naked woman lying on her side, staring into the camera with one mascara-dripped tear coming down her cheek. On the opposite wall, there is a photo of a man in the same style. On the table beside Bob is a box of Kleenex and an intercom. Marta sits ill at ease on the edge of a sectional couch, and the scene begins. I hope I didn't freak you out by calling your name over the intercom in the waiting room. It's very hard to get out of this chair. Nice to meet you, Marta. I've got degrees up the patootie, but you don't have to call me doctor. You can call me Bob. I probably told you we're a little loosey-goosey in here. Been at this trade for 50 years. I don't always go by the book, but I like to think I've helped many people. So what brings you to see me? I don't know. I just feel like I need someone to talk to. I don't want to burden my friends. Or maybe when I talk to them, I just feel like I'm not being heard. Well, I certainly don't think you're a turd. That's a good place to start, though. <laughs> you know, that's a sectional couch. You can move it anywhere you feel comfortable. We're a little loosey-goosey in here. This is fine. Are you sure? This is your time? You might want to move a piece of sectional couch. You move it. No one thinks you're a turd in here. <laughs> really? It's fine. Okay, I'll tell you what. I like to get things started with a gut check. So we're going to do what I tell you right now, which is to just sit up straight, close your eyes, and breathe as deeply as you can. I feel like an idiot closing my eyes. Don't worry about your thighs. Here we go. <laughs> I'll do it too. Bob? Bob? Oh my gosh, did I just fall asleep? So sorry, my gut is telling me I went with the, my wife a little too late last night. I went at it with my wife way too late. We've been married for 40 years. She can still ring my bell. She's a beautiful woman. That's her in the photograph up there on the wall. <laughs> I think I'll face the window. There you go. You're asserting yourself. It's a gut check. It's a beautiful tool. I've worked wonders for Ari. It's how he found out he has a foot fetish. Bob... A therapist is not supposed to talk about their personal life, nor their other clients. Well, we're a little loosey-goosey here. <laughs> loosey-goosey? You're out of your mindy. How the fuck is this supposed to help me? I got passed over for a job with a governor that I worked my ass off to get elected just before my apartment was burglarized. 
My pug has licked off all the fur from her belly, and I had to borrow $200 from my mother, who thinks I'm a loser to begin with, to pay for a therapy session with a nutter, who, unless I miss my guess, is lying naked with his dick hanging out in a photograph on the wall to my left, which is why I am not turning my head in that direction. Wow. We don't usually get to primal screaming for at least a month, but you are really responding to the therapy. <laughs> so what time would you like to come next week? Ah! She slams the door. And we hear through the intercom in the waiting room. Wear thick socks around Ari. <laughs> now, I do have a reaction about that scene. Okay. And my reaction is, you were much better. Why am I working and you're not? That's my question. <laughs> well, I, you're I, much better than me. I sucked and you were wonderful. Well, I'm familiar with the words in a way that, uh, you know, I'm familiar with the words, but... Uh, well, I thought you, you were very good, Paula. I should have like, I should have looked at it. I should have really prepared better. I'm sorry. Well, no, but, you know, when you audition, you're often reading with, you know, there's very... The, the casting person for it doesn't usually... Oh, so you gave Ed the script at the last minute so that he'd be giving a cold read. She gave it to me yesterday, and I probably should have looked at it. If you want to call that the last minute. Yeah, I should have looked at it some more. Mm. I wasn't at well, my and best. And what advice have you... For me, uh, on, well, I on we're, I auditioning. Think we need to be focusing on Ed here and his relation to the part, Paula. <laughs> it's okay. Um, you know what we totally forgot to talk about? What's yeah. the matter with us? Is, uh, Ed, do you, have you had any bad audition experiences? I have, actually. I've had a couple of them. Uh, one quite notable event was when I, I did, I auditioned for and got, this was not the bad part, this was the good part, I got the... The part in the late 70s of the Country Time Lemonade guy. Remember Country Time Lemonade? You were the Country Time Lemonade guy? <clears throat> As a young guy, there was an older man. I remember him. I was in my mid-20s at this point, maybe even late 20s, doesn't matter. Late 20s now that I think of it. And I played the Country Time Lemonade guy, the old geezer, as a young man. Oh, it was a gauzy reminiscence. Yes, it was a little flashback kind of thing with uh, the... His wife, when we met her, I can't remember, it doesn't matter. I kind of remember this from my childhood. Yeah, I kind of did was that like foggy, a... lots of Vaseline on the lens yes, kind of stuff yes. at the time, cross star filter kind of stuff. And I did that, and it ran very good. I made some good money. So now the story begins. Okay. I get a call from my agents a year after we do those first ones, of which I made some good money. They say, I feel weird making this call, but they're doing the Country Time Lemonade commercials again, and they're looking for an Ed Begley Jr. type. <laughs> I said, that's really weird. So why won't they see me if they're looking for an Ed Beg? No, no, they want to see you, but they're going to see other people for it too. Oh, wow. So I went in and wow. auditioned so you sat for in a So you sat in a waiting room. I sat in a waiting room with about four other guys, all with bow ties like on. They kind of dressed like in character for the thing. I didn't come in character. Yeah. Oh you know, God. they came like what the... what. I was in the commercial. Right. They did a better job of me than me. They had yeah. the little bow tie on the whole thing. And they're all were they about- sepia tone as well? They were, yes, I think they might've had a sepia tone filter they held in front of them. <laughs> and they, they all were like about five years younger than me. At this oh. point, I'm in my late twenties. They were like mid twenties or maybe even early twenties. So I go in an audition for myself and don't get it. Now, to be clear, I hadn't put on any weight. I had had all my hair back then. It wasn't like I had changed in some ways. We're like, okay, I see why they didn't want him. I didn't look any different. Wow. And I went to audition for myself, an Ed Begley Jr. type, and didn't get it. (laughs) That's a rough audition. I'm sure Paula felt the same way when she went to the movies and saw, um, who was it in the Paula Poundstone story? 
Uh, Barbara Streisand. Barbara Streisand. Yeah, very, very awkward. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Tell me about your uncomfortable auditioning stories. Every one of them has been uncomfortable. Wow. Yeah, apparently it's what happens awful. is she doesn't audition so much as get nervous and tell people stories. Yeah, I talk a lot. I'm like, I'm, but I'd like I am that. to Her acting stories are what great. Reagan was to the presidency. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I just keep talking, and then eventually I say the wrong thing. So and, uh, traditionally what we would do right now is you would impart some of your audition wisdom to Paula, and then applying that knowledge, we'd do the scene again. Okay, but will I get any better in the second time? I'm That's sure you will. Yeah. Yeah. I'm More hoping I will. Uh, uh, my, my advice to you is really advice to myself. Uh, prepare. Work on the scene <laughs> beforehand. That's my advice. So let's try it again, and let's see if I can do it any better. Okay, but again, it's not really about you, Ed, so much as improving Paula's performance. Yeah. It and seems like you're almost completely uninterested in improving Paula here. Not really. I just want to, I'm not getting quite enough work. I want to get a little more work now. I don't want to save any for Paula Poundstone. Fuck Paula Poundstone. If I can get one day on a reality show that she might have gotten, I want that too. All right. I hope I haven't got you here under false pretenses. There's not really a job. There's no, 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 no. Is, Let's do this. This is scene, not Paula. a television show that's being made. I don't want you to. I feel... think you're lying now. I think there's actually. <laughs> And I, really I think this, this job is in turnaround, so, and now it's set up at Sony. I think I it's a big part to, for me. I don't want you to, to come here thinking that you could get the job of Bob. He could totally and, get this and, job, and, I think. And, and pay for a, yeah. an electric motorcycle. Okay, yeah, oh, I hear jealous. I hear, yeah, full disclosure, I get it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, here's what's yeah. going to happen, guys. Okay, yeah. As your director, I'm going to ask you to, to breathe and listen Since to- Since when are you the director? Miss Culpepper, you're not involved in this audition. <laughs> I don't recall get- asking you to direct Adam Velma. <laughs> It's not up to you. <laughs> anyway, um, so um, I'm going to- Have some cheese. Na- no, thank you, Mrs. Culpepper. <laughs> she pushed a plate of cheese right next to me. I don't trust that cheese at all. That's what got the captain. Um, Mr. Gouda, they got him. Okay. So I'm going to read this description again. I want you guys to just take it in. Yeah. And then we'll start the scene. Okay. We're gonna, I'm going to take it in. Okay. Bob, the therapist, is seated in an ergonomic chair with a hassock that brings his knees up above his hips. He wears a tan tunic and brown business slacks. On one wall, there is a framed black and white photo of a naked woman lying on her side, staring into the camera, with one mascara dripped tear coming down her cheek. On the opposite wall, there is a photo of a man in the same style. On the table beside Bob is a box of Kleenex and an intercom. Marta sits, ill at ease, on the edge of a sectional couch. And the scene begins. I hope I didn't freak you out by calling your name over the intercom in the waiting room. Very hard to get out of this chair. Nice to meet you, Marta. I've got degrees up the patootie, but don't call me doctor. You can call me Bob. I probably told you we're a little loosey-goosey in here. I've been at this trade for 50 years. I don't always go by the book, but I like to think I've helped some people. What brings you to see me? I don't know. I just feel like I need someone to talk to. Mm-hmm. I don't want to burden my friends, mm-hmm. or maybe when I talk to them, I just... Don't feel like I'm being hurt. I'm going to ask mm-hmm. you to bring that down a little bit to make some more room for Ed's character, if that's okay. <laughs> I was okay, thinking the same exact yeah. thing. Thank you. I didn't want to say it. If I don't know Ed's if it's my position. If Ed's character is going to kind of spread out and relax into it, I feel like you need Thank you. to take it down maybe maybe Thank 0.5. You. You're welcome, Ed. So, uh, Paul, you want to do that line again? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I, I, I just feel like I need someone to talk to. I, I don't want to burden my friends, or maybe when I talk to them, mm-hmm. I, I just feel like I'm not being heard. Well, I certainly don't think you're a turd. And that's a, a good place to start, though. You know, that's a sectional couch. You can move it anywhere you feel comfortable. We're a little loosey-goosey in here. <laughs> this is fine. Are you sure? 
In here, this is your time. You want to move a piece of sectional couch, you move it. No one thinks you're a turd in here. <laughs> really? It's fine. Okay, I'll tell you what. I want to start with a little gut check. So what we're going to do, just sit up straight, close your eyes, and breathe as deeply as you can. I feel like an idiot closing my eyes. Don't worry about your thighs. Here we go. I'm going to do it with you. That's really good. Bob? Bob? Uh-huh. Bob! Oh, well, well, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Did I fall asleep? Yes, my gut is telling me I went out with my wife a little too late last night. <laughs> We've been married 40 years. She can still ring my bell. Beautiful woman. That's her in the photograph up there on the wall. I think I'll face the window. There you go. You're asserting yourself. It's a gut check, okay? It's a beautiful thing. It's work wonder for Ari. It's how he found out he has a foot fetish. Bob, a therapist is not supposed to talk about their personal life, nor their other clients. Well, we're a little loosey-goosey here. Loosey-goosey? <laughs> You're out of your mindy. How the fuck is this supposed to help me? I got passed over for a job with a governor that I worked my ass off to get elected just before my apartment was burglarized. My pug has licked all the fur off her belly, and I had to borrow $200 from my mother, who thinks I'm a loser to begin with, to pay for a therapy session with a nutter who, unless I miss my guess, is lying naked with his dick hanging out and a photograph on the wall to my left, which is why I'm not turning my head in that direction. Wow. We don't usually get to primal screaming for at least a month. But you are really, really responding to the therapy. So what time would you like to come next week? Ah! She slams the door, and we hear through the intercom in the waiting room. We're thick socks around Ari. Yeah, scene. Really nice. Much better. Really I much was much, better. much better. You were much better, Ed. I wasn't really focused on you much, but... Uh, well, you know... I can't really give any notes because I really wasn't paying much you, attention you, you to were more focused. Well, I can tell you that Paula did, did great there. I felt like I had to pull her back a little bit to make space for your character, which I think, once again, is kind of the focus of the scene here, don't you think, Paula? What is the focus of the scene? Uh, Bob, the therapist. Oh, Bob is the entire scene. Okay. Uh, Marta really is just incidental. And I, I do want to point out that Marta this- is kind of incidental until her great monologue towards the end there. But it does seem like another problem that's getting in the way of your audition process is that when even when you write yourself audition scenes, you seem to be writing more interesting scenes for your scene partner. Yeah. You know, I knew that Ed would be great at Bob, and I wanted Ed to have plenty of room to <laughs> stretch out and move that section. Does this furniture. go to network soon, or when do you when do you have the callback for this? <laughs> really, a podcasting, I think, Ed. Uh, yeah, you know, Ed. Uh, uh, podcasts don't make a lot of money. <laughs> Now, Ed, do you have any um, any auditioning advice that you want to impart to Paula? It can be mostly about you, but like we do like to leave here with a little advice for Paula. Quite seriously, I will yes. give you some advice. And this Dude, came from you. a guy whose name was Roy London. I worked with Roy London in 1993. He was a great acting teacher, and it was the first time I worked with him. He worked with a lot of friends of mine who were doing very well, and I thought I'd give it a try. And I was working on this scene for a show I was doing, and uh, it was going fine. And then he said... He said, you know what I think is really the most interesting thing to watch in a scene, in a movie, a TV show, or anything on stage in a play is how a character deals with pain. 
And I thought, yeah, that doesn't sound very interesting. Oh, I'm in pain. Oh, that sounds really dull. I like to see people writhe in pain. What a stupid fucking thing he just said. And I went home that day and kind of was thinking more about it to dismiss it further. And I realized that's not what he said at all. He didn't say a person writhing in pain. He said how a person deals with pain. Yeah. And he was absolutely right. Laurel and Hardy are carrying a piano down the stairs. Not only do they fall, but the piano falls on them. Meryl Streep and Sophie's Choice, you get There's to the no point. There's no piano. You, there's no piano in that. You're right. <laughs> no, 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 no. That happens, that happens off camera. The, the but German comedy or drama. drop a piano on one of her kids. I don't. <laughs> it will be a slapstick end, but it will be complete. But, I don't think you really understood Sophie's <laughs> Choice, Ed. <laughs> but comedy or there drama, was, there was no... how her character deals with pain, pain. I'm saying it's universal. Oh. Comedy or drama. How a character deals with pain, how they dealt with it in a comic sense with a piano and the fact that they weren't really hurt somehow with a piano fucking falling on them. Yeah. And she's very much hurt by what her choice is. You learn yeah. the end of the movie what Sophie's choice is, what that means. Yeah. And it's a terrible thing. And you understand why that character's been in such pain all along. And so that was kind of a universal rule for me going forward, how a person deals with pain. Pain can mean conflict. It can mean anxiety. It can mean physical pain. And to not see... As I at first thought, a person suffering in pain, but how they're trying to keep the lid on the pot, uh-huh. uh, how trying to keep the lid, how to not react with the thing, how to not cry. As Denzel Washington in Glory, where you see that tear go down his face. Yeah, right. It's a beautiful moment. Well, I did thought- you notice that Paula Poundstone was in terrible pain in her right nipple throughout that scene? No, yeah. she did. And th- the truth is, I bring it up because she did it better than me. You could see her conflict uh-huh. and her difficulty and her pain and th- her frustration. That was all what she was carrying. And that's, yeah. that's what's interesting to watch. How a character deals with pain is what you need to find in any scene and deal with it for a comedy, a drama, it doesn't matter. Play, movie, TV show, how a character deals with pain. I thought for sure you were going to say that Roy London said to you, I think the interesting thing to watch is how a character deals with pain. And then he punched you. (laughs) (laughs) He should have punched me because I wasn't listening when he first said it. You were just trying to dismiss it. He should have slapped me to wake me up. But I got it on the ride home, so it doesn't matter. I got it. And I've used it to great advantage ever since. And again, it doesn't, in fact, it's worse if it's, you know, really somebody flagrantly flailing in pain. That's right. not always the best thing to watch. Uh-huh. A person tries to keep from crying, from keep yelling, on. from uh-huh. reacting to keep the Are lid on. Are you suggesting, uh, Mr. Begley, uh, that I was over the top? Not at the, all. Uh, you were not. The, uh, it was totally was organic. Right? You kept the uh, lid on it very good. There was okay. a point which you were fulminating a bit because you had to at that point. There was no way to keep that steam under pressure and control. It was wonderful. What you did at every turn was wonderful. I uh-huh. was maybe 40% as good as you. You were well, wonderful. Well, given time, you could bring that up, uh, obviously. She and that's back this. to my original note, which was quite sincere, preparation. Prepare. She yeah. prepared. I did not look at the difference. That's wow. Because, well, Interesting. I, I think you're being too hard on yourself, Ed. I, I thought you were fantastic. You were but you know what? I'm going to button up this segment, and right. uh, I don't usually ask this, but Otta Pasternak, will you sing us out the way you sang us in with the Hope I Get It thing? Okay, so... Thank you, Ed Begley Jr., for sharing your expertise on this episode of Outside the Actor's Studio. I need this job. Please, God, I need this job. I've got to have this job. Nice. (laughs) Lovely. That was very, very nice. Wow. She's good. All right. Coming up next, the dysfunctional family in Ken Lezebnik's America continues their road trip. uh, Adam, I have to stop you. The characters in Ken Lezebnik's America are on hiatus this week. 
Their harrowing adventures have taken a toll and they're recovering. So they're not here? No. So then how will we gracefully mention your upcoming New Year's Eve appearance at the Norse Theater in San Francisco? I guess we'll just have to let our audience down. And they won't know they can find your unique comedy style on September 28th in Los Angeles at the Theater at the Ace Hotel. It's tragic, really. They'll never know that on October 4th, I'll be in Troy, New York at the Troy Savings Bank Music Hall. Really? A savings bank that's also a music hall? There's an interesting story there, I'm sure, but our audience has now cheated out of that information. Damn you, characters in Ken Lezebnik's America. Can't you get off your meta asses and plug the upcoming appearances of Paula Poundstone? Don't be too hard on them. Timmy just got out of the well, and Nellie was subjected to a lot of things that I don't even want to refer to again. Okay, okay, that's fair. Our apologies to our faithful listeners. Maybe someday you'll get a chance to hear about the upcoming appearances of the iconic American humorist Paula Poundstone. I believe they're on her website, paulapoundstone.com, but I don't really know. But I do know that we have another taste of Paula's rap song about Butterfingers. That's coming up right after this. According to climate scientists, we have 10 years and 16 weeks until the Earth begins to become uninhabitable. Thank you. Of all the things that need to change, there are many. In the Butterfinger recipe, there weren't any. Can't provide equal opportunity? That's lunacy. Anyone can see. Can't they address that deep regret instead of just fucking with my chocolate? Some things need to change. Some things need to change. But not my butterfingers. But not my butterfingers. <laughs> uh, that's an excerpt from uh, cut from the rap song that you created with producer Jay Deal, producer, songwriter extraordinaire. Uh, ping pong enthusiast now too, thanks yeah, to you. Yeah, Jay, Jay came to the ping pong party. He loved it. Mm. Uh, I love that you had a, an iconic hip hop producer there at, at at your at your show. Yeah, but he was very low key. He is, he is he can be very low yeah, key. Yeah, he's hung back there. Now I have an announcement to make about you and Jay's single, which yes. is that um, it's available on iTunes. At least, at least according to Captain Crinkle. To Captain Crinkle. Unless Captain Crinkle lets us down, and when has that ever happened? <laughs> Captain Crinkle never lets us down, now, Adam Mrs. Kel Mrs. Kelpepper, uh, you, mean, you might not Cole have- Cole Pepper, Cole, not Kel Pepper, Cole Pepper. It must be my accent. Uh, <laughs> Cole Pepper, Miss Cole Pepper, of course I know your name. You might not have been here for a lot of episodes, Mrs. but- Mrs. Cole Pepper! Mrs. Cole Pepper, uh, Captain Crinkle has let us down on many an occasion. Has she? Oh, yeah. Uh, with, with- uh, well, no, her, her butterfinger candy that she made yes. was not delicious. Well, yes, I'd say first she let us down by not making it and instead embezzling and eating all the ingredients. She ate the chips. She ate all the chocolate chips. She ate all chips. the chocolate chips. And then I, I would say she let us down even more by coming through and making it for us. Because that was a fucking disaster. It was inedible. <laughs> yes, Mrs. Culpepper. It was inedible. For um, a few moments, I was jealous of Captain Culpepper. <laughs> at, least, at least he had some fascinably good yeah. gouda before he went. Yeah. The, yes. the cheese killed him. I had to live with the homemade <laughs> butterfinger. <laughs> I think we're all living with it now, yeah. Mrs. Culpepper. Um, all right, but assuming that Bonnie didn't let us down, people could go to uh, iTunes right now and get that Butterfingers rap of yours. Yeah, it's called Not My Butterfinger. Not My Butterfinger by Paula Poundstone. Or do you have some sort of hip-hop name now? 
Um, no, 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 it's just Paula Poundstone. <laughs> not, not, not P. Poundstone, Paula P. I didn't want to confuse MCPP. My, I didn't want to confuse our <laughs> our dozen listeners. Okay, <laughs> we have thousands now. Now you know we started this show with a discussion of etiquette early on, and I wanted to share an email from a listener about that. Ellen Brackman Altimore wrote, "I won't do an impression. I'll just quote." Quote, I just finished yesterday's podcast. First, let me say I have a newfound love of the tuba. I'm thinking of incorporating it into my daily meditation. Secondly, I truly believe my nine long months at Stevens College for Women left me in good shape. I found myself answering Paula's manners questions right along, word for word, with your expert. It was like a frigging duet. I'm so proud. First of all, Ellen, ladies don't say frigging. Yeah, ladies. Uh, I couldn't help but notice she graduated from Stevens College, just like our producer, Tony Anita Hull. And she tells me it used to be a finishing school. Because one of the things I noticed when she mentioned nine long months, yeah. um, which usually I believe a college education is longer. Four years plus, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she zipped through. I believe, uh, and, t- and Tony can correct me if I'm wrong, I believe the Stevens College motto used to be, if you've gone to Stevens, you're finished. <laughs> Was that the... Uh, Is that the t- Financially, yes. Are you still paying off your college loans? Uh, yeah. Uh, only about 120000 to go. Yeah. And you know wow. what? You know, how, you know what cost well, Tony all that? Was Ken Lezebnik, who founded the Stevens College MFA in TV and screenwriting programs. And he apparently didn't see the Stevens memo about etiquette because he's the one, and this is interesting, who week after week writes that incredibly juvenile fart and vomit jokes that I have to um, perform <laughs> in his self-named segment. That you have to perform. Uh, Adam Felba, you love doing the farts. <laughs> I have decided, like any actor, to throw myself into the part. But uh, Ken, so yes, uh, so Ken uh, does a program teaches for the school Stevens College, uh, which used to be a finishing school, yeah. and now has made a name for himself in the world of podcasting with Ken Lizebnik's <laughs> America, which is uh, steeped in farts. <laughs> well, yeah, so so don't, don't hold the Stevens College MFA in TV and screenwriting against that program. Because you're saying it's I, not a reflection. It's not a reflection. This is I not would a say reflection. Inevitably, it is, Ken. <laughs> well, all because. You both run the MFA program at Stevens College, and I didn't write those fart and vomit jokes. But you played them to to the sort of the excess that that. You know, what what is the what was the uh, quote from Blake? The road to. Uh, the road to Nirvana is to pave with excess. No, I got that totally wrong. Uh, do you mind. mean uh, Robert Blake? Because uh, the quote from him is there. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I totally screwed that up. But uh, Okay, it's all right. It's not like you're an academic who's supposed to be able to quote people. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> just just know, believe me, please, that at the Stevens College MFA in TV and screenwriting, we really do not have a special seminar in fart jokes and projectile vomiting. Uh, it's uh, really not that, part of the curriculum. The people really. that I have met, for example, Tony Anita Hull, who is a crack producer on our show. The people that I've met who've been Ken's students are fantastic and would shudder if they read Ken Lizebnik's America. <laughs> or heard yes. it. Do your students I, listen to the uh, Well, I know Tony Anita Hull does. Right, but she's <laughs> no longer your one, student. She's, a, no, that's, that's, she's, she's an one. alum. She's an alum. Um, <laughs> that's right. You know, so it really used to be a finishing school? Wow. Do you know, um, in Massachusetts, there was a store called Jordan Marsh. And Jordan Marsh! Jordan Marsh had a... Um, What's it it's called? not Finishing to be confused school. with Jordan's fine furniture. No, that's Barry a, and Elliot. That's another. Yeah, it's um, another uh, Jordan, Jordan store. 
There was another Boston. word for it. I don't think it was finishing school. There was another word. It was something like that. Maybe it was finishing. Jordan Marsh had Jordan finishing Marsh's, school? Yes, it did. And really? my mother told me one time, I must have been at about high school, and she told me, and this is a woman that, you know, like every life, had some things in it, right? But she told so me. so specific. It's, it's, it's well, like you, you painted know, a picture. Just some, some things. Yeah, okay. Some <laughs> challenges, some bad decisions, some challenges. Okay. Um, but she said to me one time that the biggest charm school, that's what it was called. Okay. She, she told me one time the biggest mistake she ever made was not sending me to the Jordan Marsh Charm School. I love that, was, that they named it that because that's Boston again. So it's the Jordan Marsh Charm School. Jordan Marsh Charm School. That was the <laughs> biggest mistake she'd ever made. Wow. Do you I think mean, in a life of mistakes that that was her biggest? I don't think it was. Uh, <laughs> but I, I would love to be able to say that myself, that the biggest mistake I ever made was not sending one of my children to charm school. <laughs> it, either that would be a great life to have or what a wonderful belief to have. About your life. Now, does does Stephen still carry on this tradition of, of etiquette and fine manners, Ken? You're accepted, of course. <laughs> yeah. I was there once, and it was quite genteel. Yes, it is quite genteel. And uh, the Stevens College undergraduate program is now a full four-year, you know, wonderful college located in Columbia, Missouri. And there's nothing the, to do with tea service or... Uh, no, not, 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 nothing like that anymore. Okay. It's it's a wonderful... It's still a, women, a women's school. It's okay. the second oldest women's college in America. These, wow, so it's just lots of old women? <laughs> well, it's uh, no, they're they're actually very young, and then and then well, our our MFA you said it was program, the oldest women's college. This, yes, all right, very fair, fair enough. Uh, th- then our our MFA program is located as a low residency program here in Los Angeles, based out of the Jim what Henson Studio. Low residency. Well, students, like, as Tony experienced, students come from all over America. They live in the streets. Yeah, that's <laughs> no, what. It's, no, no, no. They. What is they low take, residency? What it means. I never heard of that. Yeah, I. I to had step not away from homelessness. What is low <laughs> residency? They come to an intensive ten-day workshop in August from all over America. We house them very nicely at the Gar- mm-hmm. Beverly Garland Hotel. All in the same room. <laughs> no, everyone has their own rooms. And then they get to go home to their place of residence around America and work online with mentors. Each of our uh, students has a... I it's like it. an online but college hybrid thing. Yes, yes. Okay. And all the mentors are members of the Writers Guild, uh, all working writers. Um, I guess I claim this is a current credit, <laughs> apparently to my detriment. Um, <laughs> you claim this podcast as a current credit? Well, I, I, I mean, I, I... I don't know why you wouldn't. Uh, why wouldn't I? Uh, one word? <laughs> 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 By the way, I could explain I, I could because my father taught at Stevens and he taught back in the fifties, I can explain the origins of that term finishing school. And it explains the nine month reference here mm-hmm. that in, in they pre- sent girls there when they got knocked up? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> that oftentimes what would happen is a, a young woman would not want to complete her high school year um, and would instead go to Stevens College for her final year of oh, high school, and I she would better finish. Oh, she okay. would finish high school. Oh, I thought it was like like polishing. Well, like, it, I thought it was more like charm school. Yeah, like yeah, you it, know, like there was that. There was sanding definitely the that. rough edges. Yeah, there was definitely that in the fifties and forties where it was it, there was an emphasis on etiquette and. Yeah. And, well, uh, Ellen Brockman Altimore certainly oh, thinks so. Jo- yeah. You know, Joan Crawford went there at the point no. where yes, she didn't last, but she went there at the point oh, where I it was think she's finished. <laughs> <laughs> She didn't graduate, I'll put it that way. Oh, okay. You know, I always felt a little bad for Joan Crawford in a way, and here's why. Okay. Because my guess is... My guess is 
that she said no wire hangers really nicely several times first. <laughs> I'm not suggesting that it's okay to, you, you know, to... Uh, to what? Fi- uh, to, uh, I, I'm not a believer in corporal punishment, but I do think that when the story got told, it sounds like just one night she blew up over wire hangers. And I, my guess is just every night she go, honey, remember, no wire hangers. <laughs> honey, remember, these are very expensive clothes. Mommy doesn't want you to put these on wire hangers. You honey, know, you know, and in- remember what mommy said about the wire hangers? <laughs> In, in in fairness to 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 uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, I think uh, those pizzas were always late. There's a phrase that is so infrequently used. Well, so is in fairness to Joan Crawford. Is kind of my point no, here. I just think wasn't that Jeffrey this... Dahmer the cannibal? Yes, serial killer. Yeah, yeah, he was. Ordered those pizzas. They didn't come. What I don't. What he ordered pizzas. What? Yeah, and then because they didn't come, he had to eat people. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying because he was <laughs> he was peckish. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. I was kind of doing the Joan Crawford thing. It's not the same. Back at you in an <laughs> ironic fashion. It is not remotely the same, <laughs> Adam Felber. Mrs. Culpepper, why do you always take Paula's side? It is not remotely the same. Oh, do not make Miss Pounce don't reiterate when she iterated just fine the first time. <laughs> Adam Felber. <laughs> I got you, Miss Culpepper. Uh, gentle listeners, please write us with your thoughts about etiquette, or if you have a theme song entry or a short description of our show, please email us at nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. You could win a bar of hotel soap. I would say a bar of fresh hotel soap. You could win a bar of fresh hotel soap, and I think that the real feature is that it is autographed by Paula Poundstone on the wrapper, not on the soap. Speaking of hotel soap and of Ken Lezebnik, and we have Ken right here. Uh, Ken, I just want to say you've done an amazing job with uh, Ken Lezebnik's America, which started as a travel log and turned really, really weird, really, really fast. Well, I was—I have to say, it all kudos go to the incredible acting company that constituted Ken Lezebnik's America. Your role as Timmy was memorable to me. Okay, and Paul, I think <laughs> your the Boston mother was just priceless. Absolutely, and Tony Anita Hull, the who unsung was, hero of Ken Lezebnik's America, oh, I think her work uh, as the heartbreaking, bra- heartbreaking yeah. yeah. all yeah. the time, and cameos by my son Ben, right. as the uh, the hobo. I thought it was very memorable. Oh, he was and very Robin. Good. And, and he's also Robin, good as Batman Robin. And the Batman and Robin thing. So, I so- understand that um, this cast are going to be the actors that are uh, in the new Breaking Bad movie. Oh, really? <laughs> That's yeah. great. I, I, I could yeah. see how that would work really well. Yeah. Well, Ken, I'm, I know you've got something great cooked up for us for next week. I can't wait to see how this ends. Right. I'm, I, I'm really looking forward to... Uh, to hearing everyone's dulcet tones one more time. And by dulcet tones, you mean fart noises, don't you, Ken, <laughs> well, when it I comes to me? So. I guess so. <laughs> we'll be back right after this. On this day in unremarkable history, Ronald Reagan said, Mommy, you know, I'd like for us to redecorate Ron Jr.'s room just so I can say to you, Mrs. Reagan, tear down this wallpaper. Have you ever watched a movie so bad you just needed to talk to somebody about it? Well, here at the Flophouse, we watch a bad movie and then talk about it. Yeah, you don't have to do anything. We'll watch it and we'll talk it. We do the hard work. Featuring the beautiful vocal talents of Dan McCoy. Stuart Wellington. And me, America's Rascal, Elliot Kalin. New episodes every other Saturday at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcast, dude. Bye-bye. 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 
welcome everyone to the live wrestling spectacular in Los Angeles. So far, the world's most boring wrestling podcast has been destroying the competition. Isn't there anyone who can save us from this travesty? Wait, could it be? It's Titan Fights, the perfect wrestling podcast. Tights and Fights is here to save us from the monotony of boring wrestling podcasts with hilarious conversations. Woke trips through the history of wrestling. And joke about the finer points of people wearing spandex. What a match! And the Tights and Fights podcast will be back every week. Thursdays on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts. Please, these hosts have families. Tyson Fights Podcast. Tyson Fights. Welcome back, all you nobodies. And Paula, um, oh boy. Any uh, message this week for uh, the fans listening to Nobody Listens to Paula Boundstone? You know, I... I have a message. Oh, you don't? Adam. Well, that's okay. We can no, just I do have the a message. Oh, you I do? have a message. Yeah. Okay. You know, uh, Adam, it's a succinct one, right? Uh, it's very, very succinct. Oh, Adam, no. we are so lucky. Not only do we get the option of sleeping on any mattress on Miranda Street that we want, complete. Except for the one that Ed Begley is currently on. Other than that one, complete with a nightcap of a few remaining drops of liquor from a tiny discarded bottle. Yeah. But we also have such loyal fans. We do. Listeners often come up to me to share the impact that our goofy little podcast has had on their lives and thank you nobodies you're somebody's to us the fact is though that we can't keep making the show if we don't grow our listenership we really need our audience's help with this and if your announcement every week ended right there i would be so in agreement with you but it doesn't adam the problem is (laughs) that for many of our listeners sharing with their friends and loved ones that they listen to nobody listens to paula poundstone can be an awkward conversation. Yes, because nobody talks about podcasts nowadays. Well, it's something that's uh, it's spoken in whispers. So I have written some simple sample dialogue to ease that burden. Try this, listener's friend. I have just invented a way to download all of the world's knowledge into anyone's brain. Listener, oh? Listener's friend, it may be the most fantastic discovery of all time. And hey, let's pause this for a minute, because like... This yeah. is simple sample dialogue yeah, again. Simple sample dialogue. This is something that could be conversation that Absolutely. two people would be having. Two people. So when you talk to someone who's had this experience where they've invented, uh, let me continue, Adam. Uh, I think okay. you'll hear. It feels a little unlikely. It's so. not unlikely, Adam. It feels, uh, it's fast. not unlikely at all. Oh, okay. Um, it may be the most fantastic discovery of all time, listener. I like the wheel and fires nice. Have used carefully. Listener's friend, you just push this computer flash drive into your temple. Ah, It hurts a little, but within seconds. There, I know everything. The moon is 238,900 miles from the Earth. Oh, sweet Jesus. After a male bee meets with a queen, the end of his penis falls off, his testicles explode, and he dies. Well, we, yeah. You can buy property and monopoly your first time around the board. You don't have to wait until you go around once. Mitochondrial DNA is only passed through the maternal line. Listener, that's great. I knew all that already. Listener's friend, did you spend hours studying in isolation? Listener, not that that would be the worst thing, but no. 
I learned all of that and more from Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, the comedy podcast with the gentle reminder about the limited time we have to respond to climate change that upsets listener Randall Woods' children. Oh, we're going to bring Randall Woods into this. more than climate change itself. I, I learned it in an atmosphere of love, joy, laughter, and occasional frustration occasional. when Anthony brings in inappropriately large, dangerous animals to the studio. Sometimes there are even funny little stories that relate to the facts, which often include a banana as a pivotal structural turning point. This is a hate crime. Listener's friend. <laughs> well, then, this device that I've devoted my life to inventing is worthless. <laughs> I didn't know you listened to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. I'm going to start listening myself. Okay. Do you see how uh, yes. the one, the listener, yeah. was able to talk yeah. to their friend so and guess- then make them uh, listen as well? And in this way, we grow our listenership. I'll, I'll say a couple of things. Number one, there seemed to be a couple of shots at me in there. There were gentle, gentle no, shots. No, this is a conversation that, uh, that happened between two people. So, I don't okay. know these people. So what your message is, <laughs> what your message I've is. I've never met these people. This is a random listener and their friend. But you wrote this. Based on what someone would say to a friend, I, yeah. I really put myself in that person's the position. The other thing I want to point out is that what we're saying to our listeners out there yes. is that wait around don't talk about our podcast, but when your friend comes to you having invented a device that allows you to download the entire um, knowledge of humanity to your brain, then you can tell your friend about our podcast. It's one listener at a time, right. Adam. You okay. don't just, it's one listener at a time. I mean, I've written many simple sample dialogues. You really have. Yeah, and and each of those, when they come to fruition, will grow our listenership. Well, we You'll have had a it. listener that wrote in and said that the having fallen down a well dialogue that you wrote, where, where a listener's friend has fallen down a well and the listener drops their phone down into the well so they can listen to our podcast yes. while they're down there. Right. We do have a listener that said that that happened to him. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure he's lying. Yeah. You, I saw that. I saw that note and I thought it was sincere and that that had actually happened and we actually helped someone and gained a listener. And you thought that that person was just making fun of me. And I just want to and I just want to I just want to say to that one listener, we don't need all of you. <laughs> all right, nobody's remember that our email address again is nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. And you can find me and Adam on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. You can't get rid of us. You can find my fine tri poly blend T-shirts Asterisk. remarkably soft with uh, a memorable a, quote. No, no a self portrait on the, on the left. left Breast and, and a, a memorable, memorable quote, quote on, on the, the back, back at paulapoundstone.com. That's our show. Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam Felber. Produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lazebnik. Have a good time back in New York. And Tony Anita Hall. Technical direction by Ray Horseman and mixing by Anthony Alfaro. Special thanks to tonight's house band, singer, songwriter, artist, and violinist, Ada Pasternak. Fantastic. Thanks to the one and only Ed Begley Jr., this week, we had no security muscle, and Ed mounted his bicycle to pedal down Miranda Street without protection. So you may never I would see like Ed to, again. Yeah, I'd like to dedicate this show to the memory of Ed Begley Jr. <laughs> um, 
can we run the reel of Ed's <laughs> most memorable parts? Okay, transcription services for the show provided by Transcribe Me. For your special Paula Poundstone discount, use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com. That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me? Change our type of fuel. Make a powerful public school. And if we don't let love rule, we're done. Some things need to change. Some things need to change. But not my butterfingers. 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 Skip the meat and eat some greens. Put down your screens. I'd like to bring back the telephone booth. We deserve the truth. We deserve the truth. We deserve the truth. We deserve the truth. Stop worrying about how much peanut butter at the top. We've got a gold-plated nutter. We deserve the truth. We deserve the truth. Some things need to change. Some things need to change. But not my butterfingers. But not my butterfingers. Some things need to change. Some things need to change. But not my butterfingers. But not my butterfingers. Can I help you with anything else? Can I get my money back? Ma'am, you already bit it. Why didn't she put it back on the shelf? Next in line, Butterfingers. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.